Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Today we're going to talk with Sharon Shattuck, director and producer of the documentary film Picture a Scientist, which offers a sobering portrait of struggles women face in pursuing studies and careers in science. UPR is among several organizations sponsoring a virtual film screening of Picture a Scientist. That's coming up next week. And a panel discussion, which will be a week from Monday. We'll also be talking with Sarah Freeman, USU Assistant Professor of Biology, who's coordinating the USU events, and Sojung Lim, USU Assistant Professor of Sociology, who's participating in the panel discussion. And we'll be hearing sound clips from the film. We're glad you're with us uh, today. Uh, we bring in um, Sharon Shattuck. Uh, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Good, good, to, good to talk to you. Uh, and uh, Sarah Freeman, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, glad to be here. Good to have you. And uh, Sojung so Lim, sorry, uh, uh, for joining it's us now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> am, I pronou- am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate it. Let me start with uh, Sharon Shattuck. Um, I, I should mention that this uh, film uh, was affected by COVID, right? You were you were scheduled to premiere this at the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then uh, released yeah. virtually in May, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we were we were supposed to premiere last year on I think it was like April twenty eighth or something um, at Tribeca, and oh man, we were we were very excited. <laughs> we were we were like finishing up the film in March, and it was like right as COVID started to hit, and um, a previous festival South by Southwest was canceled, and we just kind of saw the writing on the wall. <laughs> we were like, oh no. Um, but, you know, luckily we, so we were able to, to kind of do a virtual theatrical where we, we ended up partnering with 47 different theaters around the country to do like a little two week theatrical run. Um, and then from there, it's just taken off. I mean, it's like, we're, we're still, we're doing a bunch of educational screenings right now, um, with partners like Utah and, um, and then we're going to be doing a, a national broadcast, um, in April with Nova, which we're really excited about. Um, and then it'll it'll go everywhere from there. So yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, so how did you how did you come to this uh, topic? I, I, I read that you uh, you have a degree in forest ecology, for example, along with journalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know it's funny. I've like I I've talked about this before, but yeah, like I've never had. I didn't have an experience like the scientists in our film um, as an undergraduate. Luckily. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I looked at a lot of, you know, you kind of like look at the path of a lot of people in science. And I, I do wonder now, like, given what I know, like if I would have started to have those issues as I kind of moved up, because a lot of the women we talked to at MIT, um, they kind of started to, you know, experience these things as they became more senior and as they were starting to compete for resources with their colleagues and grants and fun, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, I really came to this film because uh, a woman at MIT Press, Amy Brand, she told my my producing partner, Ian Cheney, and I about Nancy Hopkins. And we never heard of her before. And <laughs> as we, like, we looked into her story and the story of the MIT 16, which are these women who basically, like, they realized that they were not getting the same resources as their male colleagues. And they didn't really know at the time, like what the extent of that was, but they were, they just like had a suspicion and they could kind of see with their own eyes that they, they had less lab space, for instance. 
Um, so, so, you know, because they're scientists, they decided to collect data. And once they had that data in front of them, they realized, like, oh, absolutely, there is a disparity here. Um, and that's kind of the basis of where we started with the film. Um, but we soon realized we didn't want to just focus on the MIT story. We wanted to, you know, kind of look at the, like, the. there's a lot of issues still happening with women in science. And, you know, so we wanted to kind of look at the whole spectrum and try to find a few stories that could represent, you know, different places on that um, iceberg, if you will, the gender iceberg <laughs> that we talk about in the film. Well, let's uh, let's. I've got uh, four clips from the film, uh, perhaps just about a minute and a half, uh, two minutes each, and I, I want to get into the first one here. This is the very opening of the film. Um, geologist Jane Willenbring, one of the one of the main scientists that you talk to throughout the film, um, and just a little. I don't know if you want to to set this up a little bit, but I guess the the, the key thing to know is that Jane Willenbring was uh, suffered. I don't know severe bullying and and harassment in the field, in fact, in Antarctica. Um, so yeah. uh, anything else you want to say before we hear this clip? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, she was she was a grad student um, in Antarctica, just, you know, isolated away from anybody else um, when this was happening. Yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, and now this is several years later. So let's, let's hear this is clip number one. I had a three-year-old daughter and she came to the lab with me one weekend. I had told her that I was a scientist before, and I don't think it had really clicked in her mind that I was actually a scientist. <laughs> and so she came to the lab with me, and I had my booties, and I was wearing a Tyvek suit, gloves and goggles, the whole getup. And she looked at me and she was just like, you really are a scientist, mommy. And then she said, I want to be a scientist just like you. And that was the horrible, like, <laughs> sort of lose it triggering moment that I uh, have ever had. And um, I actually <clears throat> started crying at the time and I, you know, She's three, so she doesn't understand why I'm crying. And so I told her that they were happy tears, but they weren't just happy tears. I was thinking about someone treating her like trash in 20 years, like I had been treated like trash. The one thing that I could do to help her the most is to try and make the whole enterprise something that is welcoming to women. And that was something that I hadn't done. So it's Jane uh, Willenbring, a geologist. Uh, talk about the, the effects, and I don't know how many years this was after the, the what happened in Antarctica, but uh, several years later, uh, still obviously getting very emotional there. And, and wrapped up with this interesting dynamic yeah. with her with her daughter. She wants her daughter to to be able to go into science, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think that for her, I mean, so so that was. I think that anecdote was like about eighteen years after what had happened to Jane in Antarctica. Um, it might have been like seventeen years later, but yeah, it was a long time, you know. And I think it's like completely understandable why Jane didn't speak up when she did, because when you have an advisor who's 
like control your whole life, you know? <laughs> and she, she just wanted to like get her degree and become a scientist. And then she just, she felt like she didn't have the safety to speak out until she had tenure. And so she just ended up waiting for all, you know, about 18 years um, to, to do, you know, what she ended up doing, which I don't want to, you know, totally spoil it, but <laughs> yeah. it's pretty amazing what she ended up doing, but it, it yeah. did take her a while. And I really think that the impetus was her daughter, you know, um, that was the real the thing that kind of pushed her over the edge. Yeah, the, 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 I think this was Jane Willenbring uh, stood out to me, this quote, what happens if I report him? What happens if I don't report him? That, that's a, that's yeah. a hor- horrible dilemma. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, she kind of, she started out, she she like did a little bit of quiet digging and she found out that he, uh, her advisor was still harassing women and that she wasn't the only one. And I think that it's just, that's so heartbreaking. I, I can't imagine, you know, finding that out and then just feeling like, oh my God, what <laughs> what can I do? Like, what should I do? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's uh, turn to, and by the way, as we go along uh, here, the next clip, in fact, was coming up in a few minutes, will illustrate that is, you know, it's not just uh, isolated uh, scientists here and there, uh, women scientists. It's uh, This is pretty pervasive, mm-hmm. uh, even, uh, even in today's, you know, quote-unquote enlightened times. Um, so let's turn to uh, Sarah Freeman. Um, so why did you want to bring this film to, uh, to Utah State University? Yeah, well, I I had the opportunity to see this film, I would say maybe midway through 2020, sometime in the summer, um, kind of through another another type of event, like a university kind of hosted event where you can um, you know join a screening. And I was I was just really I don't I don't want to say shocked because you hear about these stories, you know, unfortunately. They happen, and and just the way that the film portrayed them, and and was able to kind of end with with hope and and kind of the empowerment um, of women to to you know address these issues. I just felt like this was a dialogue that I think would be really important to have here at Utah State to talk about. You know, what are we doing well, um, and what maybe could we be better um, about? Like, what what policies do we need to put in place to kind of um, address any sort of inequities that might be happening, or um, you know, how can we celebrate the things that we've been doing well so far? And so I thought that it would be a nice productive kind of stepping off point to have a conversation about um, our local community here um, on campus and and you know statewide as well. Uh, you're quoted uh, here head of the in the in the press the materials here. Uh, this is Sarah Freeman. Uh, the film challenges audiences of all backgrounds and genders to question their own implicit biases and move toward change. Uh, that's the insidious thing about implicit bias, right? It, it's implicit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are things we can do to become more aware of our implicit biases and to be, um, you know, better about not letting them guide our decisions. Um, there's a lot of really great tools online that you can look up um, to try to uh, learn more about what kind of biases you might have implicitly that you aren't aware of, and um, you know how to find more reading material to to learn more about how to kind of unpack what you might have discovered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me bring in uh, Sojourn Lim. Um, so, assistant professor of sociology, um, uh, uh, what do you think about this this uh, the film, the, this discussion? Uh, have you encountered uh, any of these uh, difficulties or witnessed uh, w- witnessed this? Oh. Yes, of course. Um, 
So I'm studying family and then um, the labor market inequality. When you study these topics, gender inequality is a kind of a topic you could, um, the, it keeps coming back to you. And then I'm in the academia, and then um, I'm studying family and gender inequality. And then we talk about family-friendly policies at work. And um, in reality, this fell a whole, whole discussion of gender um, inequality that women experience, I mean, scientists experience, actually reminded me what, how female professors um, encounter in academia. Uh, so we just talk about implicit bias. For example, the gender pay gap, um, we know about it, and then still there's gender pay gap among uh, college professors. Also, if you look at the proportion about the, the female and male professors, and then we saw that uh, the gender, the gender gap is the most pronounced at the full professor's level. What it means, women are less likely to get promoted to the next rank. And those things are suggest that those who teach uh, students about gender inequality, we are experiencing and we are not free from gender inequality. It's kind of ironic, but it's true. Mm, yeah. Uh, and what are, the, what are the barriers? I mean, there's still, in the film, it... it <laughs> It outlines some jaw-dropping, you know, behavior and, and biases, and we hope some of that's getting a bit better. But I'm sure barriers remain. So yes. What are what are some of the barriers that you look at to to produce this inequality? Oh, there are many things, like obvious things. For example, the the like in Utah, as you may know, we are among the worst state uh, when it comes to gender inequality. So we know that let's be the female students are less likely to uh, enter college. Also, among those college in Lurie's, the female students are less like more likely to leave uh, the college compared to male students. So when they get the job, we know that the mommy track, maybe you have heard this, means that uh, there's a father premium. So if men and women become parents, and then men usually um, have a higher, gen higher pace a salary is called a fatherhood premiums. But in contrast, women's, uh, when they become parents, their salaries are get lower than um, male um, workers. We call it mommy penalty. So these kind of things is cumulative. So at the beginning, we see it's kind of small gap, but over time it graduates uh, to accumulate. And at the end, we see a large gap um, still persistent in many areas. Mm. Well, we're, uh, if you just joined us, we're talking about uh, the film Picture a Scientist, and uh, there's going to be a vir virtual film screening uh, coming up next week in a panel discussion. We're talking with the uh, film's uh, producer and director, Sharon Shattuck, also with Sarah Freeman uh, from Biology Department and uh, Sojourn Lim uh, from Sociology. Uh, so Sarah Freeman, uh, give us some details on, on the screening and the panel discussion. Yeah, so we're doing a virtual screening. You can sign up. Uh, we need you to register so that we can provide the link, um, special link for our Utah State-sponsored um, event. You can find information on the uh, website for the event, biology.usu.edu slash outreach slash picture scientist. Uh, picture underscore a underscore scientist. Um, there is a place where you can uh, watch the film trailer and also register. Um, we need everybody who's interested in attending the um, these events to register by um, the end of the day, March 2nd, um, in order to get everything 
in a row to open up our virtual um, screening room. And then on Monday, March 8th, which is actually International Women's Day, um, at noon we're going to have a panel discussion. I like to think of it as kind of a lunch and learn um, with three panelists, um, or I guess four panelists, um, So Jung Lim, who's here on the call, Sharon Chaddock, who's here on the call, and also um, Claudia Radel, who's uh, leading some efforts to try to improve diversity in STEM faculty here. Um, at we USU just became part of this, um, the, what is it called, uh, Aspire iChange Network. It's an effort to improve recruitment and retention of uh, diverse faculty in STEM. Um, she'll be joining us, as well as Dr. Catherine Vela, who is a teacher educator who's been doing some really great work to develop um, STEM summer camps to empower young women to be involved in uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. So that's at noon on Monday, March 8th. And that registration, of course, the events are free, but you have to register, um, mm -hmm. and so that's, Mar that's March 2nd. That's Tuesday. You have to register by the mm -hmm. end of, day to the, of that day. Okay, great. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hear uh, more film clips, uh, sound clips from the film, Picture a Scientist, and uh, more conversation on this important topic following this. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are uh, talking with the uh, director and uh, producer of a documentary film, Picture a Scientist, uh, which um, leads the viewers on a journey uh, deep into uh, experiences in the science, ranging from uh, brutal harassment to years of subtle slights, uh, the difficulties uh, many women have in, in the sciences. And uh, leading to, uh, we're you know still losing women right along the later in the the program. Uh, Sharon Shattuck will uh, let's, well maybe let's do that uh, right now. Uh, this is uh, clip number four uh, to my producer. Uh, this talks about the uh, the leaking the leaky pipeline. Anything we need to say to set right. this up, or is that self-explanatory? I guess. Yeah, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. One. Okay, uh, so uh, so let's hear this. this. This talks about the 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 you know the there's individual harm, right? <laughs> Definitely, uh, with, with individual women who are experiencing this, but there there's harm to the overall uh, system as well. Let's let's hear this. Is number four. We're making inroads, but it's just too darn slow. So when I was a freshman in college, and my best friend, who was also an engineer, and we were sort of like together through the experience, which I think was really important for, for both of our um, retention in the profession, we looked around and we noticed that the classroom was about half women. And, um, you know, we, I remember very clearly that we had a conversation about what is all the fuss about? Like, there's plenty of women in this classroom. Maybe it's just a matter of time. And, and this is something I still hear. Oh, it's just a matter of time. Um, and we looked around again senior year, and there was, out of 100 students, seven of us left. And we sort of realized, like, oh, this is the leaky pipeline. This is disproportionate attrition. STEM, we have spent a lot of resources and time to get young girls focused on STEM. Um, so we know that 
We've been filling the pipeline. Um, the problem is that sexual harassment actually creates many leaks in that pipeline. So we're doing a lot of work, but some of that work is actually being undone. Why do you move away from a profession and choose a different one? You know, that's sort of a collection of personal choices, um, but part of it is the culture. There's a whole body of social science that has emerged where this is actually no longer a mystery. So that's a clip from the documentary film, uh, Picture, A Scientist. So Sharon Shattuck, uh, there's a statistic that uh, was on, on screen in the film, we can't capture in the sound uh, clip. Uh, so undergraduates, at least starting out about, about 50-50, you know, equal between the genders. Yeah. And by the time you move along to master's and doctorate and then employed uh, in, you know, as a professor or something in the field, it's, it's down to 20-something percent of, uh, is women. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, I think the the big shocking thing that we found is, I mean, just from all the research that we were reading, like, there doesn't seem to be an issue with, I mean, women are, like, really interested in science and, you know, in STEM fields. And, and there are, like, a lot of, like, these studies, I mean, it depends on the different disciplines, but a lot of them are 50-50 in, in undergrad. And so it's like, I think our question with this film, it was never a, a film that questioned whether women have the aptitude for science, you know, because we feel like that's a settled, you know, that's not a debate anymore. Like, of course, of course women do. Um, it was more about, like, what's driving women out. And it seems as though it's the culture. You know, there, there's still this kind of um, feeling like you might, maybe you don't belong. And, and that can seem, you know, it seems like such a silly thing to say, oh, I just don't feel like I belong, but it's also just like the biggest thing, you know. It's the most important thing when you're imagining yourself in a profession or when you're going to work every day and, you know, dealing with colleagues. Um, just the way people interact with one another on a personal level is so important. So that's really what we wanted to highlight in the film through these different stories that we featured. I can't remember who it was, uh, whether it was Jane Willenbring or, or, or someone else. That really struck me. It was kind of an aside. Uh, after suffering what they had suffered, uh, you, know, I, you know, harassment, bullying, um, they were just musing. Yeah. They, they saw a bus driving by, and they, <laughs> and they said, yeah. I, I wonder what it would be like to be that bus <laughs> driver. It's got to be better than what I'm experiencing yeah. here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jane. I mean, she, she really... Yeah, she she got to the point where she was really thinking about dropping out, you know, um, and she's a brilliant, like, you know, now, and she always was, she's a brilliant geologist, and she's making waves and doing big things, but she did have a, a, a moment where she was like, maybe I should just leave, and I think that's, you know, one of the people that we featured in the film is actually an anonymous person who did leave, um, who was actually driven out by the same professor who who tormented Jane. And, um, and I think our, you know, a kind of a theme throughout the film is like what happens when these people leave, like the potential that's lost with people who, you know, are, are, they have their own unique viewpoints and they have this, um, this perspective that could be really valuable. Like what discoveries are lost when these people leave, you know? Yeah, that, that's, boy, that was impactful. And you have this person in silhouette, you know, anonymous, um, 
but yeah. she, but she said, you know, this this uh, this professor who was her mentor illustrates the fact that uh, that he held her career in his hands. He he controlled the funding. His yeah. recommendation would would go, and he basically told her, "You're out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna support you." And she, I mean, she was really like, she was on her way to, you know, she was trying to become an astronaut and she, she had all of her flight training. She like one of the requirements or the sort of unspoken requirements is to get your PhD. And really tragically, um, her, her advisor basically drove her out before she could get her PhD. She went to her, you know, she went to the people um, who controlled her department and she tried to talk to them. She tried to switch advisors. And they said, why don't you just leave? Like, it's easier for everybody if you leave because he brings in so much money and so much prestige to the the department. Um, You know, let's just keep this easy for us, you know? (laughs) And so it's just, I mean, her story was really hard to hear, you know? And and she's done well for herself since, but, you know, I, I couldn't help but think about what could have been, you know, if she had been able to fulfill her dreams. Yeah. Uh, so, Sojourn Lim, you, you talked earlier, This uh, the leaky pipeline uh, is kind of uh, an illustration of what you're talking about, these disparities, these gaps. Um, this, uh-huh. this illustrates the reason, right, I guess, why uh, these numbers of women, or at least some of these women, are leaving the field by the time they get to Ph.D. and, and teaching. Yes. And then it's interesting, we have to recognize there are multiple points in uh, the leaky pipeline. So at the undergraduate level, and then from the field, we know that the kind of a, the substantial proportion of female students left uh, did not graduate. And so when they get the job, the evidence research shows that uh, even at the engineering or STEM field, female graduates are paid less than um, the male, gra- uh, male graduates. And then one of the reasons is that obviously in the gender pay gap. At the same time, this female students internalize the cultural bias. So when they are asked about how confident they are in their job task, the female students are the report. They are less sure of themselves, even though they have the same degree and same skill sets. So um, that's the one reason. Also, in reality, when we work, we have to deal with these biases, the structural biases, implicit biases, and it creates burdens and then also women uh, scientists may feel less rewarding. Let's say we found, you, found, you found that you're paid less than male uh, colleagues, even you are doing performing the same level of jobs. Also, especially the women face more difficulties when they, ha- when they have families. Mm-hmm. So family responsibility and sometimes our requirements sometimes cannot be comparable. In this uh, context, Usually, women are voluntary or involuntary uh, they leave the job, and sometimes they say it's my own choice. We call it opt- opting out. I'm using sociological terms, but this is even though you say it's my own choice or family decision. Sometimes you internalize cultural, you know, stereotyping about who should be caregiver versus who should be the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if you could uh, expand on that. It, we, we all internalize. Wherever we get it, you know, popular media, people we know, uh, however we get these, uh, you know, uh, these uh, biases and these thoughts. But that's that's internalized. And so speaking specifically about uh, women or or girls going into this, how uh, 
uh, I guess, how do you uh, recognize that in yourself and change that in yourself to, to be able to, I guess, um, you know, consciously choose a different path? It's, it's a difficult, it's a slow process. I think what we see the, from the film is actually um, uh, every, you know, it's everywhere we say in society. But in Stanfield, they particularly pronouns because it's very male dominant area. And I teach social inequality in Utah State uh, for several years. So I tell my students, first, it's a very slow process. We have to acknowledge that if we expect rapid, you know, the immediate solutions, it's really difficult. So we say, uh, but I think uh, awareness is the first step. So you have to be aware of what causes these biases. For example, when you see women, um, female, uh, the colleagues say, I have to go back home to take care of my sick child. We may think, oh, because she's a mom. But in the same situation, of male colleagues say that I have to go back home to take my kid to the hospital. Then you, sometimes we think, oh, he's a great father. So it's a kind of brain uh, science, too. Actually, the way we process, accept and process information, we think it's, it's uh, efficient because stereotyping is very efficient. We don't have to think further. So even we think gender inequality is not a good thing we should change. But more than often, we also kind of a, Internal, we have internalized this kind of process and then do not think further. So we have to think at the individual level, am I subject to this um, implicit bias? And then am I the part of the process? That's the one thing. And then at the institutional level, we have been being, uh, putting lots of effort, like uh, creating mentoring programs and then like workshops like this. That's the great things, but I think of ultimate change should start at the individual level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, Sarah Freeman, uh, one part of this uh, clip that we just played uh, really struck me. Uh, uh, some of the films said we uh, we put a lot of effort into uh, promoting STEM with, with girls, right? Girls, get into STEM. Uh, and then we encounter the leaky pipeline. Yeah, I. it's interesting, actually, when, when you had asked me earlier, you know, what was the sort of impetus to organize this event, I had actually forgotten that part of it was um, a result of some work that I had done as a member of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee for the Biology Department, we had, um, you know, recently formed this committee to to work and, and address some of the issues that had been raised um, over the last year of, of, you know, political turmoil and, and civil unrest and all these kinds of things. You know, what we need to really take a critical eye in, in our department and see how how are we doing and what can we do to support students and um, especially students of minority identities and, and kind of evaluate um, what our diversity looks like in our department. And so I actually went through, um, USU makes all of this information public, which is um, really great. It's part of the, um, I can't remember the acronym, the Office of Accred- Accreditation and Advancement. Um, anyway, they have details on the the number of uh, female undergraduate students, graduate students across the whole university, uh, broken out by department. Um, and so I went through and, and just put together a really small kind of report for the department of, like, how are we doing compared to the university as a whole? How are we doing, um, you know, compared to other departments in our college? And it turned out that um, about, I don't know, about 10 years ago, we were, as uh, biology undergraduates, uh, about 50-50 
uh, male and female. And now, as of last school year, we are hovering just over 40 percent. Um, so we've we've been declining um, over the last decade or so in the number of of young women that are declaring biology as a major. But on the flip side, the graduate students that are matricul- matriculating and in our department are um, heading upwards uh, towards 70 percent of our graduate students are female. And so it's it's really interesting to kind of just look at the data and look at the trends and kind of see what might be going on and how can we just use this information to kind of better identify what might be what might be contributing to that leaky pipeline or what might be contributing to the recruitment in the first place and how can we how can we kind of address that and either you know keep the keep things going that are going well or um, you know kind of learn more about ourselves to just um, you know create initiatives to to improve in the future. Yeah, so I, I guess what, what uh, good news, bad news, right? <laughs> some progress, yeah. some progress, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Sharon Shattuck, it, it occurs just parenthetically here uh, before we go to a break, it, it, it occurs to me, so, you know, some of this is systemic and, uh, you know, kind of a heavier lift and, and uh, changes in society, right? Um, but some some is just uh, programs that we can implement. Uh, and I'm thinking of, um, you know, you're telling Nancy Hopkins' story there at MIT, um, and maybe you could talk about this briefly. Um, at a certain point, th- they had no daycare in Central Campus. They put a daycare in, and right. <laughs> and then so- yeah. <laughs> something spectacular happened. Yeah, yeah. They were they were basically. I mean, it was just these these little things like um, you know they built a daycare center and um, and more women were able to you know have or feel like they could have children and and keep their jobs and so. That was one contributing factor, um, along with monitoring salaries and, you know, uh, divvying up lab space more equally. But it, it all led to more women being retained at MIT. Oh, and another important one was recruitment and, like, keeping an eye on recruitment and where you're looking for new candidates and who you're looking for. Um, but all of these things contributed to MIT being able to double their female faculty um, within just a few years, which is pretty incredible. Um, although it's still not 50-50. Like, you know, I think, I, I don't actually know the number currently at MIT. I think it's maybe like 35% or so. Um, so it's still not quite, you know, it's not there. But um, but it's also like notable for MIT is that uh, a lot of this kind of hung on a few key people and key positions who got on board with this change. And and like really wanted to make this change happen. And one of them was President Chuck Best. Um, one of them was Robert Bergino, who has really, he, he was, you know, a key player in trying to up those numbers of women faculty. So it's, it's really interesting how, you know, key allies can really make a huge difference. Yeah. Well, uh, the, it's well worth the, the viewing, so I encourage uh, listeners to, to check it out. By the way, how, how can people, if you're not involved, well, I'll have Sarah Freeman tell us again how you can get involved in the screening at uh, USU, but... Uh, if you're not involved, that how do you how do you get to the film? Yeah, so we yeah, have. So, yeah. Oh, uh, go go. go well, uh, sorry, we'll have Sharon Shattuck tell us that, and then we'll go to Sarah Freeman. Thank you. Oh, oh sorry. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, you can go to pictureascientist.com, and that's where we have a mailing list. You can sign up for the mailing list. Um, we'll be posting updates on there. We have a broadcast set for Nova on PBS. In April, I think it's April fifteenth, but I don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, but we'll be announcing um, a lot of big news there shortly. Yeah, pictureofscientist.com. Yeah, and I, you know, obviously, we want to uh, leave a lot for people to experience. But I, <laughs> there's some, there's even some cloak and dagger uh, uh, 
um, a scientist uh, <laughs> going around at night measuring room space to, to be able to prove <laughs> that women are discriminated yeah. against. Uh, that's great. Good stuff. Um, so, Sarah Freeman, how, how can people get involved with the events at USU? Yes, if you're interested in joining our our online film screening, um, you need to register by midnight on Tuesday, March 2nd. Um, You can go to our website, biology.usu.edu, slash outreach, slash picture a scientist. And there is a link that you can um, follow to register for the film. Uh, We will uh, send you the, the link to join the online screening window, and then we'll send you the Zoom link to join our panel discussion the following Monday, March 8th, which is at noon. All right, and uh, just to mention here, Utah Public Radio is a, uh, is a sponsor, one of the sponsors of, uh, of the film, of these events, so uh, we appreciate to being involved there. Uh, so we're talking with the uh, film's director, Sharon Shattuck, we're talking about Picture as Scientist. We're talking with uh, Sarah Freeman, USU Assistant Professor of, uh, of uh, Biology, who's coordinating the USU events, and Sojung Lim, USU Assistant Professor of Sociology, who's participating in the panel discussion. Uh, we'll have more following this break. Thanks for listening to Access U Time. Tom Williams. We're talking about a documentary film, Picture a Scientist. There'll be a virtual screening of the film at Utah State University coming up uh, next week and a panel discussion, which is happening a week from Monday. We're talking with the film's producer and director, Sharon Shattuck. Uh, we're also talking with Sarah Freeman, uh, USU Assistant Professor of Biology, who's coordinating the USU events, and Sojung Lim, USU Assistant Professor of Sociology, who's participating in the panel discussion. And we're hearing sound clips uh, from the film. Um, so I want to go uh, next to a couple of uh, sound clips, make sure we get both of these these in. These obviously are some parts of the film that really struck me. So uh, first of all, we're, we're going to... Uh, uh, have a clip that talks about the iceberg. You mentioned this earlier in the discussion, Sharon Shattuck. You want to talk just very briefly about mm-hmm. this, and we'll hear this. Yeah, yeah. This is an idea that came to us from this um, National Academy of Sciences report about gender harassment, and we thought it was just such a great visual description of what this problem is: the, the harassment iceberg. Okay, so let's hear this. This is uh, clip number three. The best estimates are about 50% of women faculty and staff experience sexual harassment, and those numbers have not really shifted over time. If you think about science, right now we have a system that is built on dependence, really singular dependence of trainees, whether they are medical students, whether they are undergraduates, or if they're graduate students, on faculty for their funding, for their futures. And that really sets up a dynamic that is highly problematic. It really creates an environment in which harassment can occur. Generally speaking, sexual forms of sexual harassment, like come-ons, unwanted sexual advances, um, those are actually the rarest forms of sexual harassment. They actually don't happen very much. Mostly you see um, put-downs. We use the metaphor of an iceberg to really get across the various forms of sexual harassment. What's gotten most of the attention is unwanted sexual attention, coercion. Those are in the public eye, and I think everyone would agree we absolutely need to address those. And then you have all the stuff that's underneath. Those are actually more than 90% of the sexual harassment 
you know, the subtle exclusions, being left off an email, not being invited to a collaboration where you're the clear expert, just these little moments that make a woman feel like she doesn't belong, that's a really common experience. We found that consistent gender harassment actually has the same impact as a single episode of unwanted sexual attention or coercion. So it is not something to be ignored. I just want to have uh, maybe Sharon Chadika uh, uh, comment on this briefly, and then I want to get to another clip. Uh, but uh, that's the that last part of that. That's the money uh, quote, I think. Um, that yeah. uh, uh, above the water, the, 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 you see the obvious examples of sexual harassment, but these other pervasive um, actions by colleagues can have just as much effect. Yeah, yeah. Jane Willenbring um, said it in our film that a ton of feathers is still a ton. And, you know, that these little things like, you know, if you're an expert in your field and you're not being invited to collaborate or work on a research project or, um, you know, even things like like every day not being invited to go to lunch with your colleagues, like it can it can really add up over time. Um, and that's yeah, it's just it's a an interesting point um, that's good to remember, I think, for everybody in our in our work before we go to the next clip then we'll get some comments uh, from the panel here um got an email saying that uh rather than trying to remember a long url that you could uh, you could go to upr.org to register for the the events here and that i forgot to mention that i should <laughs> upr host here upr.org is where you go or you can go to usu.edu slash science and another way i've uh, got it is i just search for picture a scientist and usu uh, so there's some uh, ways you can get to the events and registration uh, by the end of today, uh, the, the the day on Tuesday. Um, so let's hear this next uh, clip, and then we get some uh, some reaction. Uh, so uh, Sharon Shattuck, um, this is Rachelle Burks, who I just love. She's uh, she, yeah. <laughs> she's a spunky, fun personality. Uh, I, I want to take a class from her. But but uh, yeah. so, so this really this really uh, struck me. She's African American, right? And so she experiences mm-hmm. not only as a woman but uh, racial bias. Um, and, and so uh, she puts on a brave face and a lot of quotes earlier in the film. But in this uh, clip, she she gets a bit emotional talking about uh, experiences. Let's hear this. This is uh, number two. You know, academia is especially historically marginalized. You can be very isolated. You get used to being underestimated. You get used to being treated a bit shabbily. People can insult us to our face with inappropriate language and derogatory terminology, but we're the ones that are supposed to be respectful and civil. It's not that you take it personally. You just don't expect any different. You know, for a long time, you try to fit or put the face forward that you are this, whatever they've built science to be. And you talk a certain way and you look a certain way and you try to fit into that. And even when you do all that, you're still not considered one of them. But you just get used to that. You get used to being invisible in the sciences. 
it's weird because you're invisible in that way, but then you're hyper-visible because people are like, but why are you here? So that's uh, Rachelle Burks. Uh, um, so Sharon Shattuck, I, I can't remember her field of study. She's a chemist. A chemist, so okay, yeah. Yeah, she's... Um, She's a chemist, a forensic chemist, actually. So she's done a lot of work with, like, she's creating these interesting, so she's like, she hack printers and then um, uses these strips that they, they print out to be able to, they're like bioassays, so she can go out to, like, a disaster site and, like, test the water quality and stuff, like, on the spot with these kind of, you know, um, hacked, like, printer strips. It's really interesting. So she's, she's basically trying to make, you know, um, make these things accessible for like a disaster site or like a place where an explosion just happened or there's like chemical weapons or whatever. Um, it's just, yeah, her work is really interesting. And then she goes out and gives talks on, uh, on bias and, and the, the, these, these uh, items. And you, you have part of that talk, very powerful. Uh, we're down to about, mm-hmm. uh, about five minutes left in the discussion. So I want to get final word from, I'll start with Sojourn Lim. Uh, as we, as we think about these issues, what, uh, what would you like people most to think about as we go away from this discussion? Um, that's a good and big question. I that, think. That, that is. And and we'll, then, we'll ask you to do it in about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think it's issue think is your own problem. That's what I'm telling my students. When you think about gender inequality or racial inequality, whatever forms of inequality and discrimination, you think it's not my problem. If you're a mayor, for example, but I think think about it could happen. It is your sister's problem or your daughter's problem or your mom having have these issues. So to embrace it, this is as if your own matters. And then believe that any small uh, step that you're making make a big, big difference in the future. So don't be discouraged and frustrated that by the slow process and then changes are happening. So just be patient and then be part of it. Oh, excellent. Uh, Sarah Freeman, just about a minute. What, what's the takeaway? You, what's top of mind that you hope people take away from this discussion and, and, and come to these events uh, with? Yeah, it's a... I, I don't even know <laughs> how to say it in a minute, but I do. I do just want to address this question of of belonging and the the importance of having good role models. Um, one of the things that was really attractive to me when I was considering accepting the position to come here um, two years ago for this assistant professorship was that um, I have. Uh, 100% female leadership all the way to the top of the university. I have a female department head, female um, dean of the College of Science, um, female president of the university, and I just feel like that the the power and the representation that that gives um, those of us, you know, still working on the lower rungs of the ladder, um, I just I feel like it's it's not uh, to be um, forgotten. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And Sharon Shattuck, about a minute. What's what's your uh, big takeaway? You've you've lived with this for for a while, making the film, and uh, now now the <laughs> yeah. film's out there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think to, to echo what Sojourn was saying, I um, yeah, like this is a this is something that first of all, you know, for for anybody who's watching the film, um, I hope that they can feel like part of the movement and not feel like they're alone, you know, siloed and um, isolated. I I hope that this is an experience where can all come together um and also this is something like making you know i think that that making science more diverse and more accessible is actually better for science and so i hope that you know everybody who who 
thinks about these issues, men, women, you know, non-binary people um, from all different cultures. Like, I hope that, that we can all agree that, like, diversifying science is a good thing for science. Well, Picture a Scientist, Picture a Scientist is the uh, film well worth viewing. You have the chance uh, with uh, some screenings, virtual screenings, and panel discussion to uh, engage with the film here at USU. So Sarah Freeman, uh, tell us briefly here at the end how people can, when and the details and everything. Yeah, so if you are interested in joining our virtual screening, the uh, registration to um, to join is, is ending um, at midnight on Tuesday, March 2nd. Um, you'll get a link that you can watch the film over the weekend, March um, 5th to 7th, and then we're having a panel discussion at noon on Monday, March 8th, um, and I will send the Zoom link and all the information to registered attendees. So um, find information on the websites that um, have been mentioned before. UPR is a sponsor. Um, USU uh, College of Science has information on their website as well. And I, I, this not is this restricted to USU community or anybody listening can participate? No, I think if you're if you are affiliated with Utah State and UPR or any of our sponsors, um, the Utah uh, Women in Leadership Project, um, I think I think all are, all are welcome. Okay, great. Uh, so, uh, picture a scientist. Those events are coming up uh, next week and a week from Monday. And we've had with us uh, Sharon Shattuck, who's director and producer of the documentary film Picture Scientist. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Sojourn Lim, and uh, thanks uh, to Sarah Freeman. Thanks, everybody. Um, And uh, thanks for listening to Access Utah. Coming up tomorrow, of course, it's the news roundup from Salt Lake Tribune and KCBW behind the headlines. And uh, then we have some great programs, uh, of course, for you next week here on Access Utah. Um, Thanks for listening today.